Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello everyone, welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 9, season 25. So, um, I suppose we should check in on, um, on, on what everybody's doing. I was away doing a rally at the weekend. Uh, Armstrong John's going to be joining us a little bit later on, who's also going to be away on the weekend. Um, and I'm sure everybody's aware of what he did at the weekend. And then, um, who have we got? We've, we've got Ryan Champion, who was at home doing nothing at the weekend. Hello, Ryan Champion. Hello, yeah. Uh, uh, strange to have a weekend at home, but yeah. uh, I was indeed at home and didn't go very far at all. I feel like we've not spoke for such a long time, but we will talk more in a second. And then you've got... You've got superheroes. You've got, you've got, you've got. But this goes to show that not all men wear capes uh, who are superheroes, or indeed ladies. But they clearly have been known to wear their underpants on the outside of their trousers. Trevor Agnew. Hello. How are you? I didn't know I don't wear a cape. Yeah. So, well, I've seen you, um, but I, I've, I've also seen your underpants, which is <laughs> I can't unsee. Unfortunately, that's the other problem in life that I've got. But uh, you are playing a superhero at the moment because. As we speak, tell our listeners exactly where you are right now. Uh, exactly where we are. We're on a motorway services just outside Krakow. And bizarrely on a rally podcast, we literally were 20 minutes ago at M Sport Poland. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, so uh, John Armstrong, of course, we drove past it on the way. So long story short, we're in the... We're in Vienna and we're driving from Vienna to the Polish-Ukrainian border yesterday. And we got to Krakow. We just noticed M-Sport as we drove past on the motorway. And that got us thinking about the project, which we'll, we'll get into a little bit later about why we're out here. And, uh, yeah, so we had a little issue with uh, a carrier bearing the van. We just wanted to check it out to make sure we thought uh, our diagnostic was accurate. So uh, with a phone call to... Matchek and uh, and the coordinator actually was with John Armstrong at the week again in the Azores. Uh, Mihail uh, Modric, I think is his surname, yeah. uh, came with yeah. us. And yeah, it's got three Zs in the surname, Tony. I'll pass it over to you and you see if you can have a go. No, I think we, we, we all know that's not a good idea. <laughs> so yeah, we, we called in there to get checked out and we, indeed we need a carrier burning on this van so uh, yeah, if you want me to tell you the story now or leave it to later No, 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 I think, I think it's really, really important because we're really conscious how long we've got you for and what, what you're doing and I think it's, it's far more important than anything else we're going to be talking about right now Well, I'll tell you what, Angus sat beside me it was his son who came up with this initiative so he, instead of going from a skiing holiday with his mates for his 21st birthday, he decided he would do something about the Ukrainian side of things so I'll hand you to Angus and he can talk you through it Hi fellas, thanks for for having me So my son, Finn uh, 20 at the time saw the images on the television and saw what was going on uh, with the Russian invasion of Ukraine and decided he wanted to do something about it. So uh, the first thing he did was um, go over to an aid mission centre in Milk Keynes where uh, Ukrainians who lived over there had borrowed a warehouse from somebody and they were acting as an aid gathering point. And Finn went over and spent a day helping them out came back with a load of load of stuff in his car which they didn't really need but had been donated stuff like secondhand clothes and things like that and took it to the tip and said uh, dad can i borrow 
the van, uh, the van being an old transit that we use for hauling parts around to swap meets and things like that. Uh, so I said, sure, take, help yourself. So he took the van over and came back the next day with a van full of junk and took it up to the tip near where we lived and then announced that he was going to the border with Poland and Ukraine uh, to carry a load of aid out for these guys from Milton Keynes, or guys and girls, mainly run by girls, actually, ladies, very, very powerful people, the Ukrainians. And um, so that was his trip, and he was set to go. And then uh, along the way, he got involved with uh, an aid mission that was based in Vienna, which is how far is it, Trev? Is it 500 miles from yeah, Poland? It's seven and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> so he decided that had to be part of his trip as well. So first of all, he went to the border, um, uh, Medica, which is the actual border with Poland and Ukraine, and he delivered his aid there. Then he picked up some refugees who wanted to go to Vienna, so he took them to Vienna. Then he took more stuff back, and, and he spent a week um, shuttling around between Vienna and the and the far eastern border of Poland. And um, eventually the, the, the poor old van gave up, so he left it in Vienna and flew home. Right. Uh, Trevor and I, uh, sorry. No, 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 it's, 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 yeah. I was going to say keep going. Yeah, so so Trevor and I uh, said, well, we'll do, we'll call that, we'll call that Finn's mission one, and we'll do mission two. Um, meanwhile, in the background, Finn had set up a, a just giving page, um, which anyone who's listening who, who might want to drop a tenner in there can find under Finn Watt. Um, he set up a just giving page and started raising money to enable other people who who are sitting at home and want to know what they can do to help. Uh, to enable them to go out and, and follow in his footsteps, as I indeed I have just followed in my son's footsteps. And so we're organising mission three and mission four and mission five, and we're, we're looking for people. Uh, motorsport people are perfect for this because they've, I mean, who listening to this to this programme hasn't driven around Europe in a van um, and got themselves in and out of hotels and borders and things like that? You know, the motorsport people are very experienced and very suitable for this this sort of thing so if there's anyone listening who wants to get involved uh, get it get in touch with us so uh so trevor and i got on a flight cheap flight out to vienna picked up the van uh got it repaired at a garage and then we started mission two yesterday wow. uh and that's where we are now we, we've got uh what have we got about, about we've got about a ton of bottled water in the back haven't we Trevor? Yeah. that's why she's sitting ass down a bit <laughs> And we're taking that back up to the Polish border, and then there's a huge international group of uh, volunteers and coordinators up there, all, all kinds of people um, who are distributing aid and just shuttling people around. Um, so we're going to be at their disposal for the next three days um, with our van, taking stuff here and there and shuttling people around. Folks, if, if anybody does genuinely want to get in contact with us and we can forward the message on to Trev, do studio at absoluterally.co.uk and uh, we'll make sure Trev got those messages. But equally, we know that obviously you can reach out to Trev as well. So uh, either, either or, if you are wanting to get involved, we can make sure we can we can hook everybody up. Um, I've just got these images of Peckham Spring from all these frozen horses with you guys with bottled water in the back, to be honest with you as well. <laughs> it's just amazing. You know, Angus was saying there when we got up, the road yesterday, you know, you, you go to this uh, border crossing, you've all seen the pictures in the tally, it's one of the, the ones that's been on there quite a bit, and the first thing we noticed in our rearview mirror was a van from Aberdeer in Wales, and uh, so stopped and shook hands with those guys who were running about in their shorts, and 
we had to get this water handballed off. You know, a, a lot of it. We were actually two vehicles yesterday. And just out of nowhere, 25 people pitch up and it starts pouring rain. And you just do it. You, it's, it's absolutely like a shit fight in the service area. Everybody mucks in and off you go and you just do stuff. And then at the end of that, somebody called us into a site meeting and said, listen, what's your plans? And we said, well, we, we've got this charity that we're working with, but if you need anything, just let us know. So sure enough, uh, we are white van men uh, for the next while. They've got distribution centers. They've got places where the aid needs to get to. And it makes sense to have vans. And we've got second row seats as well, as Angus is saying. If people need to be refugees, need to be took to airports or ports or safe houses, then we can do that as well as part of it. Wow. But as you know, as Angus is saying, Tony, and it's really important, if anybody does want to get in touch, and that, that uh, Just Given page that Finn set up is a perfect place for that. So if you go F-Y-N-N, Finn Watt, W-A-T-T, on Facebook, you'll easily find them. We'll, I'll share it when we, when we do the uh, show as well, and we'll put the links out for the show. And uh, if anybody wants to get involved, as you say, there's plenty of ways to get in touch with me on Twitter. Uh, with Finn, that way is probably the most direct. And uh, we'll try and coordinate, as I said, you know, three or four weeks moving forward, people to, to join in the missions. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, Ryan, you like a bit of travel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was just thinking, I, I may well speak to, speak to the boys afterwards. We'll how, how, how many bottles of water we can get in the back of the Yaris? There's a challenge. Uh, not, not many, actually. As, um, as Dale Furness and Alan Harriman will uh, testify when their flights out of Heathrow were cancelled last month and they tried to get all their safari kit and themselves in the back of the Yaris. Didn't work. Didn't work out. Didn't work out. Um, Trev, Angus, um, I don't know whether you want to stick around. I know you've got stuff to be cracking on with, so we just thought it was really important to start the programme. Obviously, you guys out there, uh, please stay safe, um, by the way. Obviously, you know, we take a lot for granted, in, in, in I suppose, in the world, but, you know, you're still obviously getting involved in, you know, you're, you're still in war-torn areas and stuff like that, so please stay safe. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, when John comes on, thank him for uh, doing the linking up with Motor M Sport Poland as well, because we've got we've got a thing in place with logistics as well. We're hoping to work with Matchek, so we'll make it really easy for people to fly into uh, Krakow uh, and pick up a van, which would be five ten minutes away max, and, uh, and then it's just a case of getting up to the border and helping out. Fantastic, fantastic. Trev, Angus, please, as I say, stay safe, stay in touch as well, and we will be checking in with you, uh, obviously, over the next few weeks as well, Trev. So, um, folks, we're going to go to a little break, and then we're going to come back with the aforementioned John Armstrong. This is Absolute Rally. Whether it's the pressures of service or an issue out on the stages, it's vital to have the right equipment to hand. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for the world of motorsport and are being used throughout all forms of competition. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. As I say, um, if you can reach out, if you can do anything, by all means, reach out to Trev or studio at absoluterally.co.uk. That would be fantastic. We've just been talking about the man who, who's just helped the guys remotely, or, or, albeit with M Sport polling. John Armstrong uh, obviously goes without saying, great effort. Thanks for getting involved and, and, and helping Trev and Angus first and foremost before we even start talking about rallying. Yeah, um Trevor got in touch yesterday uh, about uh, what they were doing out in, in Poland, bringing the, the aid to 
the people in Ukraine. So, um, yeah, he, he'd actually spotted uh, Amsport pulling close to the airport in uh, Krakow. So, yeah, thankfully, um, to help them out. And, uh, yeah, um, Matrick at Amsport Poland was, was, was keen to, to, to facilitate it. So, you know, it's, um, it's really, really good to see what they're doing. And, uh, yeah, it's good nice you, to, to help out in, in, in a small way. In a small way, it was nice Absolutely. to help out. Good on you. Um, believe it or not, we've got Ryan Champion, our, our man from Del Monte. He's actually back who does more, <laughs> more traveling than you. you. You remember John Armstrong, don't you? Right. It's, it's just, uh, yes. I feel like I've yes. got to reintroduce myself to you as much as you know what I mean. I've, I've probably been in touch with John Armstrong more over the last week than I have with you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, John, we're going to talk to you about Azores before we talk about anything. Um, fantastic effort, first and foremost. Obviously, we know there was problems, but where the stage is is challenging is is, is what the look seems like a daft question, but I've got to ask it. Yeah, it is a very difficult rally. I think it's um, it's one that you need to do your homework on. And uh, you know, I I'd been there one time in the past in 2015, and it was probably uh, one of the most difficult rallies I've done, just because of the nature of the roads and there's quite a variation in the stages. Uh, you know, each stage feels completely different from one another. So, um. Yeah, it's a very challenging event and, you know, you've got a lot of elevation change and the road sort of falls away quite a few times as well with um, off-camber uh, corners. So, yeah, it's a big challenge. And then to throw into the mix, you know, you're pretty much always guaranteed some sort of uh, bad conditions, whether that's rain or or low cloud uh, with fog. So, I think if you set yourself up to expect those sorts of scenarios, then it's not so bad because you know how to deal with them, and that's sort of what what my approach was: is that rather than rather than worrying about what I was going to face, I was just setting myself up to deal with it uh, the best that we could, me and Brian. And uh, yeah, it was a tough a tough r- rally once again. Um, you know, the racky was was difficult and. Uh, you know, I, I had to put in a lot of work after the recce actually to to just update the notes a bit and make sure everything was was consistent and, and that there was nothing that was too ambitious um, because you do get quite narrow sections where I think you can be a bit um, a bit ambitious and you probably end up uh, you know going off the road, but um, yeah. I think it was a really good event and we enjoyed it and it went pretty well on, on the on the pace side anyway. So yeah, it was no, good. I think I think I think you're understating it. I think we had a we had some messages, didn't we, Ray, over the over the weekend. I think was it the with the top seven time, right? Or the top eight time that Trev shared with us. Yeah, I think it, well, it was yeah after the after the first stage, wasn't it that uh, that we that, that we started chatting about it, and so and so did the whole of Twitter by the uh, by the look of it. So uh, I mean, he, he certainly opened some eyes, John, with what the uh, the Rally Three car can can do amongst a strong Rally Two field. Um, I guess that did the the twisty and, and technical narrow nature of the stages play play to the strengths of the Rally Three car? Yeah, I, I would say for certain. Um, you know, on. On the stages where it was particularly narrow and low grip, I think 
that played into the Rally 3 car because it does have an, a more narrow track width than the Rally 2. And, and when you place the two, you know, the two cars beside one another, the Rally 3 does look tiny in comparison. Um, so yeah, I think in, in the narrow part, potentially, you know, we're able to get in through, uh, maybe a bit faster than the Rally 2 car and probably carry a bit more rhythm and speed. Um, because in particular, the stage two time where we were like, you know, crazy on the splits, only like six seconds off the fastest time before we hit the water splash at the finish. Um, you know, the majority of that stage is very narrow and very short, uh, tight corners. So yeah, we got into a nice rhythm. And also I think when the conditions are slippery, the rally three car is really good at, at just finding the traction, especially at the rear of the car and, and pushing the car forward rather than, uh, you know, oversteering too much. So yeah, it felt very efficient and, uh, I think the car really uh, shined over the weekend and it shows that when the conditions are right that uh, you can mix it in, in the top uh, in the top 10 of, of an international rally and um, of course you're never going to I don't think you're ever going to win an international rally in one um, but yeah you never know we'll, we'll maybe keep trying and see we, if that's possible we, we think you can John we think you can yeah, John well, <laughs> next challenge but I think that could be uh, a bit ambitious there was there was a little Ryan, change Ryan could do it Ryan oh yeah it. yeah right yeah yeah against against historic cars maybe yeah but um, there was a, a little change in the emolligation though recently wasn't there with a the, with the rally 3 car so there's that, there was actually a slight increase in restrictor size what sort of a difference has that made because it was only a very slight difference wasn't it it's a slight difference but I think it it has made a big change to the car um you know, essentially, it's it's given the car more power. I'm not certain on the exact numbers, but it's probably you know in the region of 10 to 15 horsepower more. So, yeah, it's made the the car you know more responsive out of um, out of the slow corners, but also on the on the straight. You know, it's a big difference because whenever I done Rally Poland last year with the car, you know, it did it didn't feel like it was going anywhere on the straights. Um, but now it feels like you're actually getting momentum and, uh, the cars is, is going places. So, uh, overall, you know, it's just, it's quite a simple change. It's just giving the car a bit more poke. And, uh, you know, I think that's been reflected in, in the stage times. And, um, yeah, I don't think they need to give us too much, well, any more power or, you know, we would be getting quite close to the, the rally two pace then. But yeah, I think also probably where you're not, you don't have the same performance as the Rally 2 cars is on the the suspension side because we don't have the same travel. And uh, I think whenever the stages did get particularly rough and bumpy in, in Azores, we were starting to lose a bit more time over those sections um, because, yeah, just by analysing uh, the stages over the weekend, I think our times were particularly good whenever it was tight and twisty but quite smooth. Um and then whenever it was more bumpy and choppy, I think that's when we were starting to drop a bit more time then. Um, but it's a fantastic little car, very fun to drive, very easy to drive as well. Um, you know, it doesn't, uh, doesn't take too much to understand. Uh, and also, you know, your seating position is quite 
normal as well. You're not sat, you know, almost in the back seat uh, like you would be in a rally two or a WRC car. You're you're sat pretty much in the same position as you would be in an R2 or a rally four car. So it uh, it, it feels quite natural to drive, and it's not it's not too. Uh, daunting i think that's what it's been designed to to do is for is for uh drivers coming from junior formulas into into four-wheel drive um i i you know i was gonna i, I wanted to ask just in comparison i'm mean, just more interesting me it's interesting you use the the r2 in the rally 4 analogy there obviously because we've just took to, we've just got one but um with regards to how much easier it is to drive than an off uh, well, a rally 2 car how how much easier is it than a rally two car? Is it because it does it it, it doesn't seem massively different from an R two car? Is that what makes it easier, um, or is it the fact that like R two or rally two, Tony? Come on, don't uh, you get yourself confused now? I know, I know. <laughs> it's an R two. Let's just call it an R two car for the for the for the, for, for me. Thanks, Ray. You you, you confused me now because I can't even remember where I was going to go with this, but. Is it, is it easier to drive than an R2 car? That's your question, isn't thank it? You, thank you, Ray. Wait, I, I, you know what? I don't know what I've done without you for the last month. I'm confused now. Do you mean R2 as in Rally 2? Or, or no, it just means R2 as in a front-wheel drive. A front-wheel drive. Six. Yes. Or, yeah. Well, no, no, he's got a turbo one now, John. He's got a on. li- yeah, one litre, yeah. Yeah, remember, he's so, upgraded. Um, yeah. It's not been a successful upgrade, it has to say, but he has upgraded. Oh, that's, that's rubbing uh, I, I was just going to say, we'll, 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 we'll workshop this later, Ryan Champion. <laughs> Go on, John. Um, well, I think I would say, you know, the, the, how you go about driving the car, um, I would say it's probably easier because front wheel drive cars can be quite, quite tricky in, in certain scenarios, you know, like, hairpins and tight corners and, and trying to find attraction um, can be quite difficult uh, but obviously that's where you need to start off to, to learn the basics of driving and to, to figure out how to manage the throttle to get the traction but uh, when you hop into a rally 3 car then it's, uh, it's four wheel drive which is more fun I would say in the tight corners you know you really have to pitch the car in early and, and get it to rotate and uh you know you use the handbrake to to do that and uh e- even in the, the hairpins you do have to use the clutch i can't confirm uh just to <laughs> get get the revs up are you listening bit. to that ryan uh, champion <laughs> are we talking four-wheel drive or front-wheel drive for you i'm talking four-wheel, john's just saying he uses the clutch i can tell you just 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 to throw that into the mix sometimes Sometimes, yeah. not every time. Yeah, I haven't used the clutch in the new car. Just, just to add to the confusion and all this. <laughs> <laughs> after, after my ridicule. So there you go. There you go. John, just, 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 just quickly, just coming back to the ERC and stuff. Obviously, your your main focus this year is JWRC. But uh, how? What was it like going back into to to ERC? You know, it is does it feel like there's a massive difference, or does it feel? Is it feeling a lot more aligned now with WRC because, of course, having the same promoter? Yeah, I would say there's a noticeable difference just around the the service part, and obviously, you've got the the promoter um, bringing across the all live coverage, which I think is is really good. And um, you know, for me personally, I was getting some some time on on the coverage this time, um, which was really nice. And I think 
for for my sponsors and people following me. That was that was really good to be able to to follow me live on some of the stages. Um, so yeah, I think I use the the term that it's it's almost like uh, WRC's little brother now. So that's what it felt like to me. You know, having competed in in both championships this year, and uh, it ju- it just felt quite. Quite like home, to be honest, which was nice. Um, so yeah, I think it's really good, and uh, the weekend was was a lot of fun, and it was good to see you know familiar faces and you know the people that are organising the the championship and and, and the all live coverage too. So I think it's really really good. Right, if I can bring you back in at this point, I think it was the beginning of this podcast season where we were talking about where we see ERC fit um, now and what it was going to do moving forward. And I'm not just saying this because obviously John's here and John obviously did the events at the weekend, but I think we're starting to get a little bit of a flavour of, of perhaps where it does fit now, of course, um, you know, uh, looking at obviously the winner at the weekend on MRF tyres, you know, personally, I know how much that is a big deal um, back in India uh, right now. The fact that they won an ARC round, obviously with a control tyre and WRC, we don't get that. And it's, it's creating... It's creating new battles and, and, and bringing, you know, dare I say, new money to, to an international championship. And, and, and maybe this is where, you know, where we were debating, maybe this is where its home is now, is, 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 is you know, import of money, you know, different time manufacturers put money in. I'm sure we'll see um, other time manufacturers come to ERC now as well. You know, maybe this is it. Maybe that's, that's, maybe that's where you go when you've got tire money or, or, or you've got import of money now. Yeah, well, I mean, we saw that in the past, didn't we, with with uh, tyre manufacturers. I mean, I remember, you know, the Hankook cars, for example. And as you said, now you've got MRF, you've got Michelin, you've got Pirelli, um, all with uh, all with runners in there. Uh, I think it was there was a Kumo runner as well somewhere. But um, yeah, uh, like you said, that the 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 free tyres allows a battle of the tyre manufacturers that we don't see in in WRC or WRC too so much anymore. Um, but um it, yeah i think we'll have to, we'll see it play out won't we uh where erc fits against wrc2 particularly and we see a lot of the the europeans obviously in uh in erc that rarely step up to wrc2 so um yeah we'll see see how it plays out over the first year for uh, for both championships really but obviously erc has got a a strong rally to entry there's there's plenty of cars in there and um you know we'll 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 see and follow it during the during the season uh, john do you, do you do you think obviously i know obviously there's only really one rally three car you know with with m sport there at the moment obviously that's where your allegiances lie but there, there has been rumors of more rally three cars do you think maybe i suppose in the future we're going to start seeing maybe rally three obviously we know it's a junior format and the junior world rally championship but maybe rally three becoming more erc based than than and 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 maybe that natural progression will be you know dare i say rally one rally two rally three erc rally four rally five uh wrc yeah um I think for sure there's going to be more manufacturers in in the future uh, with Rally Three cars because Renault has has already said that they're making one that will be out uh, next year at some point and um, yeah hopefully we see a couple of more manufacturers uh, make a car then afterwards but yeah it's it's difficult to know whether um, you know 
uh, a championship could should should use Rally Three as their their top tier class. Um, you know, I think maybe the likes of the the British Championship could could be a good place to to, to try that out. Um, you know, it's it's difficult for uh, people in in regional uh, championships to to find the the budget to run a rally two season and uh you know we've we've seen the british championship in the past have uh you know more cost effective formulas uh, it, it was even uh completely front wheel drive at one point whenever i was competing there so you know maybe the rally three car could be the the right way to go in the future to get more um competitors but yeah i think it's a it's a brilliant formula and it's, it's a lot of fun but yeah, we definitely need a couple of more manufacturers first. Do you reckon that'll get Ryan Champion out of out of retirement in the British Rally Championship? Because it's no coincidence when they went two wheel drive, we lost Ryan Champion. <laughs> <laughs> Are you coming back, right? Uh, I think that I think that's doubtful, but uh, who knows? Never say never. No, absolutely, absolutely. Do you know what? Just just very very quickly, um, I was just looking towards the 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 the, the retirement list and looking at some of the cars um, that were on Azores at the weekend, and it, it, it's just probably because normally where I'm placed in the in the in in, in the world these days. But um, I think this is quite important, right? And I know you you've got obviously a historic head on, so to speak, with regards to rallying, but. Looking at the entry of this car, uh, or these cars, obviously there's plenty of Rally 2s, there's plenty, obviously there's the Rally 3 cars and everything else, but when you start looking down, and I was on, obviously, I was on a rally at the weekend, now granted it was around the British Historic Championship, um, but Azores, um, there was a whole mix of things from Saxos to 206s, there was even an Escort Cosworth there, believe it or not, uh, on the Regional Championship, there was one Mark II Escort, right? <laughs> Could you imagine that on a rally in the UK, one Mark II Escort these days? Yeah, well, I think we've been down this rabbit hole before, haven't and we? And I'm not no. going there. I just wanted no. to kind of flag it up, Without you know what I mean? Without 50% of our listeners, at least. Um, yeah, we've certainly become fixated on Mark II Escorts in this country. There is no two ways about it. So, uh, yeah, like you say, a big contrast. Yeah, uh, I think so. And uh, just ju- just by way, it was the opening round, I think, of the the, the British Historic Championship the weekend, which was Rally North Wales, which we were on. Um, and uh, to say there was a lot of Mark II escorts there, absolute understatement as ever. A bit like the Roger Albert Clark, which, of course, our Ryan did win in a Porsche. But um, uh, a shout out to, to Matt Edwards actually winning in uh, the 131 Arbath which was just, one, it sounds amazing. Two, it was just nice to see something, again, right, not not being an escort, to be honest with you. So, sorry to our listenership. Um, <laughs> but there you go. I will, just as a side note to all that, um, a, a well-known person who remained nameless, um, who called me on Monday morning, who normally does, uh, or has been around the East African Safari, right, when you've been over there, uh, asked me how the North Wales Safari was at the weekend. Um, because they've done both events and they felt Rally North Wales was rougher. Unfortunately, there was a hell of a lot of rock, and I call it rock, boulders dropped on certain corners on Rally North Wales at the weekend, and um, it's 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 left a bitter taste for everybody, um, to be perfectly honest with you. Some serious car damage, and uh, yeah, it's just everybody a little bit confused because the stages potentially did look amazing, but there was just some corners that were just absolutely ridiculous. But hey-ho, there you go. There you go. Um, wanted to talk about um, while while we're all here, 
Um, this event, that's, I've just been speaking to somebody over in Mexico before we started recording this, actually. Um, this event at the weekend, right, um, obviously, uh, the Rally Mexico organizers have put on this um, Rally of Nations um, thing, which which does look exciting. And I must admit, I kind of thought these kind of events were kind of a, a, a long gone thing. It kind of feels like Race of Champions almost, kind of back in the day. It feels like we used to have these things. It's it's kind of quite refreshing to see them back, and I just wonder why we I suppose we don't do more of them. Yeah, and it's I guess it comes down to to whatever the the, the sponsorship is for the rally, the, the backing that the rally has to to bring drivers in, particularly when it's not a, a world championship rally. Obviously, Mexico using it to uh, to to keep uh, the the region, keep the rally in. Um, in, in the minds of people internationally, I guess, even though it's not in WRC. So, uh, see uh, Matt Wilson going across representing uh, representing the UK. You've got Diddy Oriel joining Adrian Formal. Um and like you said, I, I, it's nice to see these sort of events. Um, it it maybe does go back to to some of the some of the events that, that were held in the past. Um, and and these are, are great promotions for the sport. But it just I guess it relies on having a sponsor there to uh, to fund it. I mean we we talked about uh, a long time ago we talked about the Mobile One Rally Challenge that uh, that ran in the UK which was which was brilliant. It made brilliant TV. Uh, all the drivers pitched together in in different cars each week and uh, and it was spectacular. And I'm all for these kind of events to to promote rallying. It's just a shame we don't see more of them. John, does this these type of events obviously you're you're a little bit younger than us, but um it sounds a really clumsy kind of comparison but you know the way obviously because it's 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 so easy to do but the way esports works obviously which is obviously your day job and obviously a little bit of history in it and stuff like that 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 kind of brings drivers together albeit obviously remotely um but you would think perhaps if we kind of maybe remarketed some of these things a little bit towards the way esports has done but in real life maybe maybe they'd have a little bit more legs yeah, I think it's uh, an interesting comparison, and for sure, if we can have events that are, you know, structured slightly differently and maybe are tailored to to new fans that they can follow follow the sport a little bit more easily, then yeah, I think it's um, it's a good idea for sure. And uh, you know, um, I don't know too much about the the event happening in Mexico, but. Um, you know, I, I just hope that they've got good coverage so the likes of, of me and everyone else can follow it and see what what they're up to and then how the event uh, plays out. So, yeah. I, I, I can tell you there's a Rally 3 Fiesta there. I can I tell you that's say, more, more importantly, John Armstrong would like a trip to Mexico. So if there is well, anybody listening, then... Well, uh, you know, I, I, I can quite I categorically was, tell you there's a Rally 3 Fiesta there. Say again? About this. Are you speaking to Tom, Tom Williams? Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, I think it should be interesting to see how the Rally 3 car gets on out there. And, um, yeah, I think he's teamed up with, with Matt Wilson and... Uh, Adrian Formo. The... Oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah, Adrian Formo, yeah. Uh, Matt Wilson and Tom, because they're I think they're all in um, Rally Sport Connections run cars. So, Dummy Buckley. Uh, yep. who famously runs everybody, it feels like, in the world. Uh, at I, think, I think with the Rally of the Nations, or Adrian Formos in a different team, because he's from a different country. Yes, but he's, he's, he's in a, an M Sport uh, Rally 2. Yes, but confused. you're complicating it now, aren't you? You're complicating it. Nobody no. would have even mo- noticed that. They would have just kind of let it go by the wayside, but no. You're back, aren't you? 
He's in the French team with Didier Oriel, let's keep it clear. Yeah, but he's in an M Sport car. An M Sport M Sport originating car which is run by Dot. Do you know what? I'd say I'd missed you, but I haven't. I I um, I, I, I kinda agree with Ryan here. I'll get there. <laughs> anyway, meanwhile And guests can't be wrong, can they? See. He's not a guest anymore. That's the problem. It's a bit, it's a bit like a customer. Well, he's he's, he's 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 not a guest anymore. He's kind of part of the furniture now. He's he's kind of uh, he kind of falls into that particular category these I'm, days. So I'm like that. I'm like that chair that's in the corner that you only bring out whenever you know you you know you, you need it for some reason. Like that's... you know, you stand on it to change the light bulb or something like that. <laughs> John, that's, I can, that's me. I can quite categorically tell you, I will never stand on you to change a light bulb. Okay. Unless so, he can't find his chair. Unless he can't find the chair. <laughs> and then I'll be on there. And then I'll be on the show. Do you know of all the analogies, John, um, that I thought you could have trotted out there? That's, that's, that's possibly one that I would never have guessed if my life depended upon it. Um, listen, one thing I wanted to go back to, um, just very, very quickly on this rally of nations, um, is, is, is Harry Robin Pear is back. And I don't know what he's going to be driving yet, but it kind of got me thinking, what would I like to see? Harry Robin Perrin, what what would be what's the first car you think of Ryan Champion when you hear Harry Robin Perra? Well the first car I guess is the two or six um two or six WRC. So yeah. See, oh, well actually actually I would go I know I would go say it at Ibiza now I think about it. You see, <laughs> I I'm gonna tell you mine in a second. John, Harry Robin Perra, first car you think of. <clears throat> um Maybe the, the Lantier WRC car, the 05 one, 04 or 05. Okay, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. For some reason, and I don't know whether I dreamt this, but did he, did he have some runs in an Astra run, um, Citroen Zara? Have I got that, that right? That was Gardemeister, wasn't it? Ah, there you go. I think it was okay. Tony Gardemeister. Yeah, well, there you go. Well, that, that helps. That helps. In my head, that's where I went to. And then second to that was the same as John. Because uh, you must have been, you must have been around the mid-season then when when he was driving them, right? Um, yeah, not not a, not that I really remember, but um, he obviously did drive quite a lot in his, um, you know, in, in his career. So uh, yeah, he saw, I saw. Did I see him testing a Toyota recently? I did I see Cali Post did a picture of Harry sat in a in something anyway. He was testing something recently. I so, think uh, it was a polo or uh, Harry, was or, okay. or 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 a uh, uh, Fabia. He's, ob- he's obviously getting the he's obviously getting the bug again though, isn't he? Well, understandably, all things considered, may 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 maybe may the fact that can we can we just be clear? Right, we. I remember when when Cali Rovenpera first broke onto the scene. Right, you spent a great deal of time in telling me just think of the French port um, of how to pronounce his name, and now the pronunciation of his name has changed again. I wonder you've noticed well, this. Well, at least uh, no, I haven't. It's Cala. For some reason, it now okay. seems to be Cala Rovenpera. Well, at least, so, at least, at least we're closer than where we were originally. Anyway, whenever you, whenever you said French port, I was thinking about the like alcohol rather than and, 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 and there, that gives you a great example of of of, of where John Armstrong's man is. Although to be fair, Ryan Champions was in exactly the same place. So there you go, there you go, um, boys. Believe it or not, uh, we're not 
a million miles away from, from, from any other business. But before we get to that, because you've not been here for such a long time, Ryan Champion, is there, is, is, is there any, any, any other things that have been going on in the Willow Rally and that you, you want to get off your chest? Cause you've got like a month's worth of any other business almost. So it's almost beyond any other business, I'm sure. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think there's anything in particular that, that I felt I need to get off my chest, really. Um, but, uh, I, I noticed, funnily enough, you, you were on about the, the cars in these oars at the, uh, the lower end of the, the field, a, a car that, uh, we're quite familiar with now. I see they they actually had the the Iberian Toyota Yaris Cup, so they had some of the GR Yaris's on gravel for the first time, which I don't think I've seen any of the. I'd love to try. I'd love to. I'd love. I'd love to try one. I'd love to try one on gravel. Yeah, I seen. Um, yeah, I seen quite a lot of them over the weekend. They they sound very nice, and they seem pretty quick as well. I, I didn't look at the stage times, but they they. I think they're quite production based aren't they They're a bit yeah very, very much so yeah they're, i think they're running under national regulations obviously because there isn't a uh, a rally three car or anything similar uh, homologated as yet so yeah running under national regulations so i don't know what they have in terms of restrictors or anything like that but um yeah i think quite standard but interesting to see them running on uh, on gravel uh, I, I, I was just about to say because i've seen some of the there's, there's some high schools that stuff that are using them now i keep thinking should we go and play in one of theirs rather than wreck my own? That's what, that's what I keep on coming up with. Should I, should I go and try somebody else's so I don't wreck my own car? I think there is an official Toyota Gazoo Racing ice driving school now, yeah? In Finland, in Rovaniemi. Wow, okay. Hey, can, can we go, right? Me and you? Um, Field trip? Yeah. Uh, funnily enough, I get a bit of ice driving in, so to actually pay to go and do it feels sort of against the religion. Really. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Do you know what, what other car that I spotted, by the way, at the weekend when I was looking at the results? Skoda Fabia TDI. It almost feel like he's, he's turned up to the, he's basically an Uber driver. Somebody's <laughs> rang, he's just ended up doing the rally. He's at the tail end of the field. He's ended up getting a classification, bless him. But I must admit, I thought diesel rally cars feel very... 12, 13. Do you remember, right? There was a big push at one point for diesel rally car. I know obviously the obvious one is Neil Simpson with the Golf, but we kind of, then we had the, the Astra diesel and there was Finn McCall and the BMW diesel in the British Rally Championship. And there was this whole thing about alternative fuels. And it just seems when we look at where we are today, the fact that they were trying to promote diesel rally cars almost seems really kind of bizarre, really. Yeah, but I guess at the, at, at the time, most people were driving diesel road cars, weren't they? Um, so, uh, you know, it was just maybe trying to reflect what people were, were actually driving because uh, all, the, all the rally cars were petrol, but, but the majority of road cars weren't. So I guess it was natural to try and encourage a, a class for diesels at the time, but obviously it didn't really... Uh, yeah, it didn't really take off to, to any any huge degree. Um, like you said, despite some manufacturers putting some some time and effort into it. Um, so, and it, it was obviously easier to integrate a diesel class than it is to, in, to integrate, I can't even say it, integrate an electric class. So, um, I'm sure we'll, uh, and there is people doing it, obviously. There's people building more and more electric cars, things for, for single venues and such like. But, um, I mean, we talked to Hayden Padden about this uh, a long while back. There would have to be a a rethink of rally formats um, to uh, to do anything with electric on on longer rallies, but uh, there's a, there's also one mate championship, isn't it, John? Have you have you followed that? The um, I think there's Noble Adam Cup that's all electric now. Yes, it's a Corsa, isn't it? Oh, Corsa, Corsa, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's a Corsa yes, over in yes, Germany. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen that a little bit. I think it'd be quite interesting to try it out. Um, I've never driven a full electric car or rally car before, maybe not even a road car. So 
yeah, I think it's uh, interesting and um, for sure, uh, I think there's a lot of interest, partic- particularly from, um, you know, companies that want to get involved in motorsport, but maybe they, they're they um, a bit more, you know, green focused and this is probably a better way for them to, to get involved. So, yeah, I think it's um, quite interesting. Right, another car, again, I keep on coming back because things keep on cashing me out. I don't know whether it's the one that you drove. I can't remember what you drove, but there was a Dacia Sandero Rally 4. Is that one of those ones that was the kit? The, yeah. yeah, yeah, that that is um, one of the, um, yeah, one, one of the kits by, and, and the name's gone out of my head, south of France, based Orica. on Orica. Orica, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was that was built from an Orica kit. I think by ASM in um, in Barcelona, actually that one particular car. Um, so yeah, all with the uh, the same running gear, which actually featured a, a Peugeot one point six turbo engine. Mm. I, that, that, I think it's that ill-fated R4 thing. Just, just, I'm sorry, but it just it didn't work when we tried to convert Group N cars to Rally Four back in the day, and it just seems to be that anything attached to that R4 name just doesn't really seem to take off and i think i think the original rally four was it, it was when they were trying to keep subaru and mitsubishi involved to to compete against the s2000 cars and group n and s2000 were lumped in together for a while in in events and and like i said subaru and mitsubishi were still there and i think r4 was an attempt just to to keep them involved for a, for a little bit longer which um yeah maybe maybe it did and we still see in regional championships the uh the r4 cars running um you know particularly until recently they've, they've been running in, in africa for, for, for example in the far east and such like so obviously that's one of the hopes of uh of rally three that it that it will replace the the old r4 cars in regional championships as john said happy days happy days right um we're at that point of 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 any other business so i'm i'm, I'm hoping right you you've built up enough over the last month or so to give us something to go at something a bit juicy <laughs> um have i got any juicy i don't know about juicy i was uh i was having a a bit of a thank WRC's back or else what would we do hmm. and uh, I was just having a bit of a roundup of just looking at the Rally 1 cars to see how many had been built who was doing what with them and, and such like and no surprise that um, M Sport confirming that Adrian Formos Monte Carlo chassis was was destroyed and likewise Hyundai with uh, with the Thierry Neville pre-season accident but, um, but M Sport have been quite busy actually for the last few weeks under the radar on tarmac because they've been running a car in Belgium for, for the last three weekends so um I, I'm not sure I could pronounce his name, but Jordan Sarides, I'll go with, um, has actually done two rallies in uh, in Belgium, winning both of them in one of the the Rally One cars, and actually in the weekend in between, Per Louis Lubé uh, ran as a, a course car on the uh, the South Belgian Rally, obviously in preparation for his comeback to WRC in uh, in Croatia. So um, yeah, M Sport been busy getting in the the tarmac mileage with the the Rally One car ahead of Croatia. Getting some data for Ypres, some da- data for Ypres, I'm sure as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, John Armstrong, um, I know you, you haven't really had time to think about stuff like this, but have you got anything anything for any other business? Anything we get off your chest? Um, I have, yeah, I've got a topic. Um, cool. I don't know. Did you see at the weekend in uh, Croatia, a uh, 16-year-old Polish driver won a rally outright in a rally three Fiesta? No. Did you see that? No. I think it's it's we 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 like talking about these uh, these young 
John, you're you're one of these young drivers. You, me, and Ray. That's what you got to remember. So just just to be clear on that, I'm I'm 27, and uh, the driver I'm talking about, Hubert Leswaski. I've pronounced that wrong. Butchered that, but um, yeah, he's born in 2006. (laughs) Wow. Um, So yeah, he won he won a rally in. Uh, in Croatia, which uses some of the same stages as Rally Croatia, and he beat Jan Journey, who is a very established driver. So, fair play. Very, very, very good result. Is this going to be the next one we were talking about? Nature versus nurture, not so long yeah. ago. Is this, is this going to be, is this going to be the next one? Is this going to be the next one? Is he, is he, is he come from a, a, is he come from a, a, a family of rally people? Do we know much about him? Uh, I don't know if he comes from a, rally, a family of rally people, but he has been doing the the usual uh, young talent route of rallying in Latvia. On, okay. You know, whenever you can get a license at a younger age. So, um, so yeah, I think he he had been driving a two eight rally four last year, and now he's made the move up to a, a rally three Fiesta. Fair play, fair play. We'll have to look out for him. There's the next one. There's the next in comparison to Cali Rovanperra, who who he probably is an old man in comparison. So there you go. Um, my other business. We kind of did it before. Rally North Wales. Uh, it was great to be back um, in the sunny North Wales. First and foremost, as I say, um, a fantastic entry for the historic guys. Unfortunately for us, um, we had a we had a. a an engine fault which which meant we couldn't continue but it did enable me to watch pretty much all of the rally uh <laughs> from where we were and it was great to 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 watch the guys through there the historic guys and some of the modern guys as well but um it did make me think of um which cars currently are going to inspire and it feels like a very well-trodden kind of subject this and i am going to mention it to you first right um i was looking at the average age now of a lot of the historic drivers and historic rallying pardon the obvious pun historically used to be for the older driver coming back you know but now we've got a lot of young younger people driving historic cars and i just i just wonder where the next generation's are going to come come to because we've got guys going straight to Mark II escorts and things like that. So you know, almost bypassing any kind of modern machinery um, and going straight to Mark II escorts because they just want to go and rally for fun. Yeah, and, and probably also a reflection of, of the costs of, of running a, a modern rally car. I mean, yeah, not to not to go down that route again. But as as the Mitsubishi's and the Subarus get older, then then as we talked about, that there hasn't really been anything really cost effective to replace that and i think that's probably why we see people going the, the historic route they they buy a car it keeps its value it doesn't lose value and inherently buying any modern rally car it, it loses value quite quickly and you know let's look at the the cost of a, a new rally four car now is, is quite significant and uh and inherently because because it is new it, it it will devalue and they do cost a lot to run so yeah um yeah, where'd you go with that one? Um, it, it would be great to see something that uh, that brought people more people into into modern rallying again, if you like. Um, but what what that would be then? I don't know. It would be a, a debate in itself. It's, it's also quite interesting with the historics that the historics haven't yet 
moved on from you know the mark ii escort is uh still the obviously the go-to car we know that yes there's there's other cars have been successful recently but still it's dominated by the mark ii escort yet they um you know you can now use early four-wheel drive cars but they haven't quite captured the imagination it'll be interesting to see when it can't be long before the the early impressors and the early evos are allowed because now you can drive a legacy and you can drive a galant so obviously once the dates move on then you'll see impressors and and lances coming into historic so that might change things can i just interrupt there see i kind of up to a point i kind of agree but i kind of disagree a little bit now because i think we had this thing with escorts where escort valuations plummeted so they were cheap they were cheap to rally obviously we know they're not cheap to rally now but impressors and you know i seen was it a tommy mackinan edition Evo go for like hundred and twenty four thousand quid or something the other day at auction. Yeah, but not rally cars. And yeah, but uh, what I'm saying is, is that you know people is how many new builds are there going to be um, of an Impreza or an Evo now? Probably, probably not that many. But there's a lot out there that um, you know that could be converted. I'm sure. So uh, yeah, you know, there's already a lot of existing rally cars. That's that's my point. That would that probably could could fit into to some sort of regulations when they change, but. You know, let's let's see. But obviously, it's like you said. Still, at the minute, people have have gone for those cars. Will will historics move on from that? Or will people still want to stick with the two wheel drive cars? I mean, in in Europe, you know, you're seeing a lot of Sierras, you're seeing the Integrales, uh, you're seeing those more modern cars. But but here, because of that um, that draw of the Mark II Escort, it hasn't really moved on. Do you think in Europe though, it's more because it's more tarmac based? It seems the fact that those cars are being used. So it's almost like um, display kind of events isn't it you know so they're not getting gravel rash and things like that you you, you know you've had cars you know you, you wouldn't have put your impressor into the forest would you after a certain period of the time i'm sure yeah but i mean you know we're not necessarily talking about group a you know pro drive group a impressor you could build a a, a clubman car uh quite a, a competitive clubman car significantly cheaper than that or, or even you know you convert like i said a, an already built one but i don't know in europe there's never been the such a, fas- a fascination with a Mark II Escort, but I think the other thing is here, it's so easy to run one in that there's, you know, 10 or a dozen different sellers that sell every part for an Escort, and if you need anything on a Monday morning, you just phone up and get it. Um, you can't do that with a an Opel Ascona 400, you can't do that with, you know, with a Fiat 131 RSD who who run the car that, that Matt drove at the weekend. RSD have done a, a, a fantastic job developing that car, but it's been a long, painful process. It's taken them a long, long time to to get to where they are, and, and really, they're the only people you would go to for a, for a 131. Um, you know, like I said, even the Porsches, um, obviously, Tuttle's do, do an awful lot with the Porsches, but there isn't multiple people you would go to for a for a Porsche, whereas with an Escort, people have a choice of places they can they can go to, so it's it's quite easy for for people to run the cars, I guess. Right. John, um, it seems a really, really lazy way, of, and let's be honest, I am lazy, um, but we've just been talking about this. Uh, would you would you ever go down the historic route? Could we ever see you in a historic car? Or is that just not your bag? Because for me personally, I've got no no comprehension of driving an escort or anything similar in, in, in rallying. It's just it just doesn't do anything for me. Um I think yeah, you know, I would like to try it at some point, but um I've always been focused on I guess the homologated route because of uh you know, that's where modern rallying has went whenever you're trying to um you know uh in brackets make make a career out of it. But um yeah, I think you know, driving a rear-wheel drive 
uh, rally car would be a lot of fun and something that I would like to do at some point. Um, but I think I would go with a, a ladder uh, if I was going to do it. Um, it. It would just have to be a ladder. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what historic class that would fit into, but uh, yeah. It, that, it, 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 it took me genuinely two listens to listen to that in my head when you first said that you were going to take a ladder and I was thinking why is he going to take a ladder with him to get in a car and then <laughs> and, and, and then and, yeah go on hang on Tony Simpson who 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 isn't that keen on historic rallying did we not have a long chat about you going historic rallying recently we did but we did were very specific cars we looked at and they yeah, were rear wheel yeah. drive they were front wheel no, drive but still but it's still historic it is but it was very much uh, but uh, but again, even when I looked at it, and, and I, I spent quite a long time looking at it, when we started looking at prices, um, you know, and we were talking to different people who, who could build cars for us, you know, we were still, for a very, very, you know, sensible kind of historic front-wheel drive car, we were still not walking away with much change out of 50 grand. No, and that's the, that's the problem of building any new car now. You know, the labour costs are, are pretty fixed, aren't they, in terms of, of shell preparation, in terms of paint. I mean, to paint a car properly is expensive now. Labour costs have massively increased. So, yeah, building any car new is, is costly. But again, it, I guess it goes down the, the same conversation of what we talked about. You, you're not necessarily reinventing the wheel, but you're certainly building something that somebody isn't building every day. Um, and that's, that's, that's the problem with, with, doing something other than an escort unfortunately john uh lazy because you're closer to you're closer to the kids age than what we are right what have we got to do in the in the shortest succinct sentence you can come up with you deal with gamers uh and you encounter them and interact with them etc 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 where do we get people into rallying to actually compete um go how do we get people to get into competing? Um, yeah. Well, I think oh, sim sim rallying is is a great place to start. And as we spoke about previously, the FA Rally Star is uh, a program that has been put together to to basically allow anyone the opportunity to to make it into rallying. Um, of course, you know you need to be <laughs> you need to be pretty quick on a simulator to to sort of filter into the people that get through to the finals and, and get the opportunity to 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 make it to the, the real life driving scenario. But um, yeah, I think it you know there needs to be there needs to be probably more competitions and opportunities for uh, people to, to come through talent searches to get the opportunity to try um, driving and in reality but can't, um, but, but can't we come back a step from that John can't we t- you know isn't there an element you know when I started you know it's probably different for you two I'm, I'm the polar opposite I guess to you guys when I started rallying the concept of me going rallying in ironically a battered old Nova SR um, doing single venues to me that was kind of you know that was almost like I've arrived because it was so far removed from from my norm, if you like, to actually go and do a rally, albeit a single venue, was, was, was such a big deal. You know, I suppose, you know, grassroots level, what, what, what are we, what can we do? You know, what, how can we, how can we encourage people to make that jump into, into grassroots? I think one make championships have always been brilliant, haven't they? And, um, you know, we've seen numerous championships pop up over the years, but, um, yeah. 
obviously motorsport has just got more and more expensive and it's becoming more and more difficult for you know people with sort of uh you know normal livelihoods to to dip their toes in and try it i think you know in, in the the 80s and 90s it might have been you know slightly easier to to get your hands on uh, a rally car and try it out um and you can be competing in something that's actually quite uh quite competitive because uh, you know rally cars used to be closer to, to what road cars are so yeah i think we need probably a championship where you know the, the cars are relatively cheap to buy um and they're cheap to run and that there's you know, a good prize at the end of it and, you know, plenty of competitors competing. Uh, I think that's, you know, that's the easiest way for people to get involved is something that's affordable and, um, yeah, if people can, can, can dip their toes, then that's when things snowball, uh, and they get more and more, you know, opportunities and people interested in them. I think that's, I think that is a whole different debate all over it. I think, do you know what? I think this is something we'll come back to because I know Ryan Champion, I can almost hear him <laughs> wanting to go. I'm glad you didn't ask me because I would have just sounded like a broken record, but at least John Armstrong said it for me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just listening to it and, it, and obviously as, as you have, John, you went very much in, in, into the sim racing and, and I think, you know, what it needs is, and we know one mate championships need to be backed by a manufacturer. Um, uh, and actually, one mate championships. Uh, sorry, uh, a manufacturer traditionally made money out of a one mate championship by by selling the parts, selling the cars, etc. Um, so it needs to be a manufacturer that can see the value in that. But it it almost maybe wants uh, a manufacturer to look at it the other way and and do exactly what you know Hyundai supported the the championship that that you were in the the sim championship that you were in, uh, John. And it, it almost wants a manufacturer like that that can make the link between the sim racing and and the real world and actually. Uh, support a one mate championship and and have a competition like you did and actually take somebody directly from winning uh, a sim championship across to to the real thing in a, a one mate rally championship. Mm-hmm. Folks, if you want to uh, chip in on this, by all means, you know how to do it. Of course, you can do it on Twitter, uh, tagging John, tagging Ryan, tag myself in uh, our studio at absoluterally.co.uk. And boys, that and, is and, it. and Jack Bennion because he wasn't here. So of yeah, course, well, Jack, but Jack's moving house, isn't he? He's, he's moving into his new mansion. We won't have a clue why he's tagged in, so obviously tag Jack in. Yeah. Um, what can? What should we have? A little message that you need to send to Jack if you're listening. We have to make some kind of reference to house moves. What could we do? Has- hashtag house move. Hashtag house move. That'll do. There you go. Um, so yeah, tag Jack in as well. Uh, leave Trev alone. To be fair, he's doing some good. He doesn't need the headaches. Um, so yeah probably leave, leave him alone but I all means tag Jack in so there you go and um, boys thank you for this week uh, right it was lovely to have you back nice to be back it's been ages it's been ages um, so there you go um, folks it has been absolute rally for this week congratulations as well to John again and to Brian uh, great drive John well done mate thank you so much and uh, thanks for having me on Ah, you don't have to, you, you have to you don't have to thank us anymore, John. As you've collectively pointed out, you are quite literally part of the furniture. Granted, the furniture that we stand on when we change the light bulb. <laughs> Folks, that has been absolute rally for this week. We'll be back same time, same place in the podcast hall next week. Absolute rally. Powered by the Keel the Works team. Spread the word and download the podcast every week.